It's like we do get a view of what the robots seem like to the humans and basically that they're massive dumbasses. Welcome to the AfterSpark Podcast, an episode-by-episode recap of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon. I'm Els. And I'm Spex. And today we're going to be talking about episode number 35, Desertion of the Dinobots, part 1. Let's talk about giant robots today, shall we? Sure. And I got a new mic, so hopefully I sound a little bit better because my headset mic was disappointing. (laughs) You sound good to me. (laughs) I'm just hoping for an improvement, quite frankly. Today, we open on a wide green field where a scientist is flying an unmanned drone via a remote. The Autobots are, you know, very complimentary uh, towards the, about the drone's maneuvers. And a few feet away, Soundwave clearly wants a break from Decepticon shenanigans and is taking a nap in Ironhide's backseat with Blaster. A very strange booty call, perhaps? Either that or uh, him and Blaster uh, just have, you know, scheduled naps. In and unbeknownst to Ironhide, he was uh, their next mating spot. That seems rude to a co-worker, but, but what do I know about Autobot co-worker shenanigans? Ravage then ejects from Soundwave, who's still a boombox, uh, before being detained by Blaster? Did Blaster not want Ravage tattling about what they do in their downtime? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> you mean boombox cuddling? <laughs> Blaster kind of finishes transforming. He's like half transformed, grabbing Ravage, and uh, Soundwave gets bumped out of Ironhide before transforming himself and just flying off. Oh, and and to clarify, the entire scuffle with uh, Blaster and Ravage is literally inside uh, Ironhide's um, caboose. Yeah, they basically. (laughs) Yeah, the back part of his van. Basically. Ravage tackles Blaster and they sort of fall back into Ironhide. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it just makes the entire thing pretty awkward. What, you don't wake up with one of your mortal em- enemies in your back seat every day, Spex? <laughs> well, I sure as hell hope not. <laughs> so, you know, Ironhide has some, you know, junk going on in his in his trunk, you see. Lord, not again. Why is it always Ironhide? It's always Ironhide. <laughs> he has a lot of space. <laughs> oh, this shot is just so awkward anyway. It definitely looks like Ravage is topping Blaster inside of Ironhide. And I mean, I definitely believe that Ravage is probably a top, but wow, that man is just rocking right there. <laughs> And then Soundwave flies over to Megatron and Starscream, who are hanging out upon a convenient, verdant hillside. <laughs> and honestly, they're right in plain sight, so I don't really get why no one notices them. The Autobots don't notice them, the humans don't notice them. Did they use invisibility spray again? Or can we just see them because we're breaking the fourth wall? I believe that's the power of plot convenience I smell. <laughs> Starscream tries to shoot the drone, but Megatron knocks his arm down with a great bonk effect, saying something about needing to be more discreet. Discreet? You're all standing out in the open! Soundwave was chilling in Ironhide five minutes ago, for Pete's sake! Starscream says what we're all thinking. Since when has discretion mattered to us? Megatron hands over something to him and says to use it on the drone. 
and um, back to our opening scene. It appears Ironhide has woken up and would like to know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> Ravage runs off and Blaster gets dumped on the ground as Ironhide transforms. No one is having a good day. <laughs> no one is having a good day. Uh, Blaster explains this only as rockin' and rollin' with Savage Ravage, which... Does not make it sound any less dirty? Nope. Or less risque? <laughs> Ironhide exclaims that they need to tell Prime that Decepticons are afoot, but considering we see the Autobots watching the drone, which Starscream is flying directly over, I feel like they should probably know already. Yeah. I mean, this, and you yet... know, <laughs> none of them have very good observation skills. Let's just go with that. No, they Except don't. Perceptor. Yeah, but I don't think Percy's here today, so they can't see shit. <laughs> Percy's busy doing science. <laughs> Percy's, you know, busy doing his actual job. Duh. <laughs> Man. And speaking of the drone, it has a pretty weird design. Like, why does it have cockpits, let alone two? No freaking idea. Starscream drops the device Megatron gave him onto the drone, and then it explodes. Like, what was the point of this entire thing? I... <laughs> but... Don't know. <laughs> Don't really know what this accomplished at all. Yeah, yeah. So Blaster and Ironhide run up to warn Optimus, and then Blaster says that he just went three rounds with Ravage. Jesus Christ, you two! This is a children's show. <sighs> so the Autobots roll out to check the wreckage because no one is going to address what Blaster just said. <laughs> no one, no one is going to address this. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, and so along with them are uh, Jazz, Hound, and Mirage, who were also, I guess, just hanging out doing whatever. Not fucking Ravage. <laughs> <laughs> but Megatron has a scheme while the Autobots are distracted, to which I say he could have just left Ravage in Ironhide's backseat. I feel like that was distracting enough, but what do I know? I don't know, man. And... <laughs> And onwards to a very 80s lab in stylish Autobot orangey yellow. Don't you just hate it when you're working in the entirety of Decepticon High Command Kool-Aid Man's their way into your workspace? Yeah, and honestly, Starscream just looks weirdly pale in this shot. Maybe imitating the Kool-Aid Man doesn't agree with him. <laughs> See, I think they just failed to get his makeup right for this shot, don't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think that's more likely. <laughs> And Megatron tells the scientists to hand over the blueprints and he'll let them live. Starship gets mad and thinks Megatron's being soft and stomps in and picks up one of the scientists threatening him with his null ray. It's like Starscream. I'm not sure what that's... Helping? Yeah, is that helping? <laughs> yeah. The scientist just like points out where the blueprints are, are stored and then he's perfectly fine when Starscream just tosses him to the ground. So like okay <laughs> they go to open the vault but the autobots arrive why is the vault so big because it's like deceptic it's like giant robot scales they have extra big secrets to store inside oh god it's like the her hair's so big it's full of secrets except <laughs> except a door a vault whatever yeah, yeah. Oh, and jazz proceeds to distract starscream with you know his loud music and light show but Megatron is apparently unaffected by this and goes to shoot the Autobots, but then his fusion cannon is yanked off his arm by an invisible Mirage. Mirage actually gets to use his ability today. What like, a concept. 
Yeah. And then Megatron basically runs over and kicks Mirage in the nads in an effort to grab his fusion cannon back from him. No one's having a good day. No one is having having a good day. And then Megs is then seen across the room beckoning Soundwave and Starscream to follow him out their Kool-Aid manhole. (laughs) Soundwave and Starscream clearly don't have any peripheral vision to speak of, you know, like the Autobots, and fly off not noticing that the real Megatron is still very much in the same room as them and very much still trying to get his fusion cannon back from Mirage. A fusion cannon tug of war just doesn't seem to go well for anyone right well they're doing it from the sides they're doing the smart thing where i don't think they're they're pulling on the the actual barrel but or you know while what while it's pointed at them but still yes yeah but yeah you're right no one has peripheral vision or you know any observations (laughs) it was funny too when we were watching because even i was like how the fuck did he get over there and i totally thought it was an animation error I mean, if there was smoke or something, you could forget yeah. that. But yeah, there is zero smoke. Yeah, there's nothing like you know, to, uh, making it harder for them to see or anything. Yeah, and then Optimus comes in out of stage left, kicking Megatron, you know, in his keister, you know, <laughs> through a wall. Megatron retreats. Uh, now we suddenly cut to an amusement park, complete with carnival music and Ferris wheels. And after some shots of various carnival sights, we are greeted with Bumblebee on the teacups with Spike and Carly. This is, like, super poorly drawn, but it's functioning like the teacup ride, so I guess that's what we're calling it. We gotta call it something. Or I think, <laughs> yeah. And Bumblebee is confused about why the ride is supposed to be fun until Carly, you know, just opens him up and turns off his equilibrium circuits. Why Why does Carly know how to do that? Should I be concerned? Oh. <laughs> she's a super genius and she is not afraid to you know effectively do internal surgery on her robot friends ain't that the truth the three of them seem to have a very full day planned as after they leave the amusement park they go stop by the airport to pick up Sparkplug. and oh god Sparkplug is in a suit he's in a waistcoat even why was he in a suit is he their legal representative or perhaps is he a more traditional flyer <laughs> most interesting man in the world let's go with both (laughs) why not why not spike sees two military jets fly into a hangar and questions why they're at a commercial airport completely missing that their paint jobs clearly identify them as thundercracker and thrust oh god maybe maybe those are weirdly common paint schemes in their universe (laughs) that that would be strange that would definitely be strange it would be I don't know. Um, So, you know, Spike and company follow the mysterious jets and surprise Decepticons. How did they even get out of the airport? There wasn't airport security in the 80s, Specs. (laughs) Certainly not like there is now, anyway. Besides, they have, you know, the best pass in the world. The my best friend is a giant alien robot pass since B was in the airport with them. Yes, but how did he get through the doors? (laughs) If you got into an arcade, I'm pretty sure an airport's no problem. Um, B calls Prime for backup, but they're still cleaning up their mess at the lab they were at previously, and Prime calls headquarters instead. Oh, they're just playing phone tag. So Optimus reaches Wheeljack and deems it necessary to let the Dinobots out of their baby closet. (laughs) Grimlock's not happy about the orders, but Wheeljack asks nicely in his best dad voice. And at the airport, B and the Dinobots are then hiding behind a big passenger jet. 
God, be so tiny compared to the rest of them because he really comes up to their knees. <laughs> but I imagine that the airport staff is having a conniption. <laughs> I would hope. B points to the helpfully labeled hangar in all caps and tells the Dinobots the Decepticons are in there. The Dinobots smash their way into the hangar and into a bickering Starscream and Megatron. How did the airport staff not realize that their entire warehouse or, um, it's not a warehouse. Hangar. Hangar was being used by evil robots? Who the fuck knows? Because, <laughs> I mean, oh god, maybe someone was paying rent. I mean, Soundwave. Soundwave clearly set this up and was like, if we're paying rent, they won't bother us. I wouldn't blame him if that was the conclusion you reached. Same. <laughs> so, Slag proceeds to completely melt one of Starscream's null rays. No one's having a good day. No one is having a good day. Except maybe the Dinobots. <laughs> they get to destroy things. Yeah. Outside, Sludge saves Bumblebee by kicking Blitzwing into a wall. Inside the hangar, it gets Looney Tunes up in here, with Snarl knocking over some barrels and the Seekers all falling on their faces. That super Looney Tunes. It's yeah. going to get more Looney Tunes here in a moment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also hits Rumble into Megatron, and then they both fall backwards onto the computer console. And Megatron just tosses Rumble off screen immediately afterwards. I feel if I keep saying no one's having a good day, we're just going to be repeating that a lot, so I'm going to stop. <laughs> just take it as a given. <laughs> Thundercracker and Thrust are taken out by Swoop and crash into the hangar, causing it to explode. And then Megatron pulls himself out of the wreckage and orders an attack. I mean... None of them having a good day. Megatron's really not having a good day. <laughs> yeah, they're... None of them are having a good day at all. <laughs> the Dinobots have zero trouble with taking out the remaining four Decepticons by themselves, because they're the fucking Dinobots. Yep, and Megatron ends up face-planting onto the floor of the airport terminal after Grimlock picks him up in his, you know, T-Rex mouth and tosses him. I mean, seriously, let's break this down. We've got the fusion cannon getting stolen, getting hit by Rumble, a building collapsing on him, and then getting picked up by a, a giant fucking T-Rex. I'm just saying, that's a lot of things to pack into one day. Well, a few hours. <laughs> yeah, yes! Yeah, it's not even been a huge long length of time. So he lands right in front of Spike and company, and then in the next shot, they're all outside. So did they gain teleporting powers? Maybe they just walked out the hole? Past the passed out Megatron? That seems like a poor option, even if he is passed out. I don't think some of them have very good survival instincts, okay? <laughs> Boy, do they not. The Dinobots returned to robot mode, and Megatron and Skywarp shoot the passenger jets behind them, causing a massive explosion and sending all the Dinobots flying. I mean, that is a smart choice, considering that if they were entirely fueled up planes, they'd have a hell of a lot of... Fuel? Explosive fuel? fuel? Yeah. Yeah. Megatron proclaims victory, and not checking that the Dinobots are dead at all. Inferno, Hoist, and Red Alert show up, and Hoist begins moving the Dinobots back to base. <sighs> By putting them into, like, one of the ruined planes, and they tow it. Right. I totally forgot about that. <laughs> it's... It seems like a really awkward way to transport this. <laughs> but they are so huge that I kind of understand it. So back at the Ark, Wheeljack, Ratchet, and Hoist are all trying to put the Dinobots back together. And then they all wax poetic about mix missing Cybertron and complain about the primitive tools they have to use. Didn't, didn't you make them with those tools, Ratch? 
Yeah. Back at the airport, Power Glide is literally shitting bricks while him and Ironhide uh, try to help repair the damage. Unfortunately, they are very bad. It's like the worst building ever. Grapple destroys it, putting the roof on. Did they even put a door in there? It really didn't look like it. <laughs> it it's, it's funnier because Optimus seems like he's trying to direct Grapple, and I want you to please envision Ron Swanson saying, I know more than you, for his response. Yeah. <sighs> Elsewhere, the Decepticons are all flying in the air before they all suddenly fall to the ground. And... Rumble and Ravage are both acting super strange. Ravage is running around and Rumble seemingly is not able to control himself and keeps punching Megatron. Megs just sort of bats him away. I think this is like time number four of getting tossed for poor Rumble this episode. Yeah. Poor guy's just kind of a hacky sack. <laughs> a little bit. You're too tiny, Rumble. We're sorry. Megatron vows to figure out what the fuck is going on before we jet back over to the Ark. Wheeljack and Ratchet are putting the finishing touches on the Dinobots' repairs. Optimus calls the Ark and orders the Dinobots to stop the Decepticons who are running amok again. The Dinobots refuse after getting, you know, exploded last time, and tell Optimus the kid-friendly equivalent of fuck off and then walk out. And then Wheeljack and Ratchet have to watch their babies walk away. <sighs> so sad. The Decepticons are trying to gather Energon from a power plant order to fix the whole, you know, falling out of the sky thing. The Autobots arrive and transform, all except for Jazz, who seems to be stuck in car mode. And then Ironhide attempts some percussive maintenance and kicks him. Which does indeed work, and Jazz is able to transform the rest of the way. Megatron loses his ability to form words mid-sentence. Starscream immediately proclaims himself the leader of the Decepticons before nosediving right into a pile of Energon cubes. You know, exactly what you would expect to happen. Ah... <laughs> uh... Things just start to go wrong. Very wrong for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Ironhide's Swiss army knife powers have backfired incredibly badly, as his entire body freezes up when he goes to shoot Starscream with liquid nitrogen. Mirage thinks he has turned invisible, but, but then gets beamed by Thundercracker when trying to attack him because he has not, in fact, turned invisible. Yep. Ravage successfully attacks Optimus before involuntarily transforming into tape mode. And Optimus just picks up the tape and dumps it into a barrel, and I'm like, you bastard. Jazz proceeds to lose his groove, and then Blitzwing falls into a hole of his own making. Starscream goads Megatron into action. To which he responds, if only to spite you. <laughs> which if that doesn't summarize their entire relationship, I don't know what does. True. <sighs> Starscream takes aim at Optimus with Megatron in gun mode, but... Megatron's uh, performance leaves quite a lot to be desired. Megatron then orders a retreat, but the cons are unable to fly and instead run away on foot. Back at the base, the same symptoms that have, well, the same th condition that seems to be affecting the cons is also apparently affecting the Autobots. They have the same sort of symptoms and... Optimus yeah. can barely stand. And then he collapses into a pose that makes him resemble a giant toddler. It's... <laughs> Not very dignified. <laughs> no, no, it is not. But fear not, Perceptor has it all figured out because, you know, Perceptor is the only Autobot that can do his damn job around here. Yeah, none of them have been eating their, well, none of them have been eating their leafy greens effectively. Or, in other or words, they're, they're missing an element that is necessary for their function. Uh, said element, of course, can only be found on Cybertron. All the Autobots look worse for wear from all this, but Jazz in particular is having a bad time with his bottom half stuck in car mode. 
And possibly upside down. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember. And Power Glide is even missing his head. Oh, dear. Yeah, because it's, like, not connected to his body. Um, a headless <laughs> airman, if you will. <laughs> Carly and Spike run in and tell Optimus that Shockwave is sending a shipment of the missing element Cybertonium to Earth. The Autobots are unfortunately not in any position to do anything with this information for obvious reasons. But Carly realizes that the Dinobots are still functioning normally as they were built on Earth and Apparently, they don't include it. don't require this and, to keep functioning, essentially. Yeah, they just weren't constructed with it at all. Yeah. So they use Teletran 1 to track the Dinobots down and they'll leave in, Spar in Carly's car. Sparkplug jokes about not being sure he remembers how to drive. It's been so long since he's had to drive because they've been with the Autobots for however long. Yeah. Uh, so they get there and Grimlock doesn't want to help at first, but thankfully Swoop manages to keep the three humans from getting crushed. He picks up Carly's entire car. That <laughs> about right. And with a little persuasion, the big old T-Rex does ultimately agree to help. The Dinobots arrive at the space bridge and manage to make it past the Constructicons and actually accidentally end up on Cybertron. I'm kind of wondering if the Constructicons have the same element issue or if they don't. Well, if they showed up later, then they presumably haven't been missing it for the past million years. Maybe that's why they were guarding the space bridge. That's true. We're, of course, They're... not told any of this. So I have no idea. <laughs> And actually, I'm wondering about the Insecticons, too, but that's neither here nor there. He, neither here nor there, because they are sirs not appearing in this episode. <laughs> yeah, they may not even know, and the Decepticons maybe didn't even call them. On the receiving end of the Dinobots, poor Shockwave is shocked to get a Triceratops suddenly to the face. <sighs> Sparkplug manages to figure out that the Dinobots are on Cybertron, but Grimlock refuses to return to Earth. Carly volunteers to go to Cybertron since the Dinobots aren't in any mood to help. Spike says Optimus will never agree to something so dangerous. Oh, I mean, it's not like Optimus can stop them. In fact, he just sort of falls on his face when he tries. <laughs> yeah. Before they head out, Sparkplug gives Spike a really lame-looking communicator that sort of sticks to his thumb like a band-aid. Well, Wheeljack isn't exactly up to par right now, so... Yeah. Fair. Carly drives her car through Devastator's legs to get to the space bridge like the goddamn badass she is. And the episode ends with Shockwave shooting the space bridge door as it opens. To which, join us next time for Desertion of the Dinobots Part 2. The Dinobots have arrived on Cybertron and they're ready to paint the planet red. And I believe we have some fanfic for today. All right, we have two pieces of fanfiction. We have Walking with Dinobots by Blush Louise. Blush Louise. One of those. Yeah. Uh, it's in the G1 cartoon continuity. It's rated G. It's Jen. There are no pairings. And the characters are the Dinobots and Optimus Prime. So, uh, in summary, the humans have this show. It's called Walking with Dinosaurs. Until the Dinobots take an interest, that is. <laughs> Or the many ways a Dinobot can sneak away to join the circus. And that was just really cute. It's been a while <laughs> since I read it, but really cute. And so our theme on that is Dinobots getting to go around and do stuff, I think. Getting out and about, I believe. Ah, getting out and about. Thank you. And then our second fanfic recommendation is Wayward by I'm the Doctor, both for one. In uh, parentheses. It's G1 cartoon. It's rated G. 
Jen, no pairings. And our characters are Wheeljack, Dinobots, and Chase. And in summary, as the Autobots recover from their Cybertonium depletion and readjust to working with the Dinobots, again, only one mech in particular seems to be healing poorly. Not just physically, but emotionally. Naturally, that catches some attention. And again, Dinobots. And both of these Uh, are one-shots. Yeah, they're both one-shots. And the second one I'd originally picked for the second episode, but... I think it also works pretty well here. And our fan artist for today is Charlotte Shaw, Shaw? Um, C-H-A. Uh, they seem to primarily do IDW. They probably have a bit more of a, a bit more things than that, but that's what I've primarily seen. They have a ton of Ratchet stuff. Uh, they've got a zine for their young Ratchet vet Drift AU, and I think it's super cute. Uh, today we've linked to that zine. Yep, I... I have that downloaded somewhere. It's really cute. Another cuddly Tratchet fan art of Drift and Ratchet just cuddling. It's very cute. And Tailgate <laughs> being a complete and total dumbass and uh, Cyclonus being like, oh no, I have to protect this tiny idiot. It is fantastic. Uh, a lot of their stuff I've seen has been more sketchy and they do do other fan art that isn't Transformers related. Uh, we will be able to link to their Instagram. They frequently... Also go by the username Voiboy or Voya Hora, I think. Um, and then their Tumblr is like Prime ABV, so I have no idea and just went with what they have listed, I think, on their Twitter as their real name. So, but I do recommend their stuff. It's super cute, and we will be posting links. Mm-hmm. And that just about wraps it up for us today. Remember to check us out on Tumblr or Pillowfort as AfterSpark-Podcast for any additional information, show notes, or links we may have mentioned. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at AfterSparkPod, all one word, and various other locations by searching for AfterSpark Podcast, such as AO3, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, just to name a few. And feel free to send us questions on Tumblr, YouTube, or AO3. Till next time, I'm Spex. And I'm Els. Toodles!